What's up, Team Female? Welcome to Female Political Strategy. Female first, female forward, politically non-binary. I'm Ro. I'm Lilith. And I'm Elle. And today we're going to be talking about something that's on fire in U.S. news media. And Lilith, are you guys talking about the don't say gay bill in Canada? No. When you guys said you wanted to talk about it, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm, I'll am i be the stand-in for the audience member who has no idea what's going on. So Lilith and et al. don't say gay. It's all over news media. It's all over TikTok. It's all over social media. And essentially what it is, is it's a bill that was signed into law March 28, 2002, and it's been extremely controversial. In summary, what's the jurisdiction of it? Like Florida, the state of Florida. But there's a lot of copycat laws. So essentially what it is, it's public school teachers in Florida are banned from holding classroom instruction about sexual orientation or gender identity after after signing the controversial bill. And it's called Parental Rights and Education Bill. So some people call it Don't Say Gay. And it was signed by Governor DeSantis, Ron DeSantis. And just a little bit about Ron DeSantis. He is a presidential hopeful. Everybody's eyeing him for president on the Republican ticket. But he's been the Republican conservative you know, hero in some ways because he has not enforced any of the COVID restrictions in the state of Florida, no mask mandates, no vaccine mandates. And now he's coming after the LGBTQ, I guess, policies by making sure- And how's that working out in Florida? I'm sorry, isn't there like a ton of old people there? Didn't like a ton of people die from that? Disney's there. Or there's old people there. There's a quagmire of people there. So <laughs> it's been really interesting. So no COVID restrictions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sad. Weird. <laughs> and some were hurt. <laughs> and so everybody's still kind of chiming in about it. Specifically, the you know the discussion of LGBTQ youth, right? So you have this issue that this population of children and youth under the age of 18 are facing higher health and suicide risks. And a lot of parents, so the issue at hand is, are these discussions something that teachers ought to have with students or should it be left out of the classroom and left for, you know, discussion at home? And it only, if I'm not mistaken, it only covers young students, Very right? Very young, it, yeah. It's K through three. The third grade. So you're talking up to... 10 K through three kids aren't even thinking about sex at that age. They don't need to know that shit. Like, well, there was, do I have the conservative? I'm like almost a commie. How do I have the conservative stance on this? And that's, (laughs) that's, it's very interesting about this thing because it's very interestingly bipartisan in a very, it's a, it's a nonpartisan discussion. It's a very row. Would you say it's very almost like social? Like it's, it's drawn across cultural lines, not really traditionally partisan lines. Yeah, I've seen most of the people who are criticizing it are coming down on the cultural problems with introducing queer theory to children. A lot of people, I think, across both partisans feel... I don't think queer theory should be introduced to adults either. Like, queer theory fucking sucks. Okay? <laughs> Learn that shit in college. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so there's basically two minds of it. So there's the people that see this as a ban, and a lot of people who are on the left see it as a ban on teachers who are gay or lesbian and their ability to be honest about their life with their students if they choose to share. If they say, I have a wife or I have a husband and they are of the same sex, are they going to then be in violation of this law? So they're they're at least positioning it as if it's like a draconian silencing of teachers who are specifically gay and lesbian or trans. 
First of all, how often do you talk about your partner? Why are you talking about your spouse to like, go find a therapist, make some friends. Don't talk to like the students. I mean, I don't want to make it clear, clear where I stand on this, but I think it might come out. But like, you shouldn't be talking about your sexuality, your straightness or your gayness to children. How about that? Shapes and colors. Yeah, even for my straight teachers, like I'm trying to think, did I know anything about their relationship status like at all? No, I think I knew maybe one teacher whose like husband like picked her up from work one time when she was like injured and that's about the only time that I knew that any of them had a spouse at all so elementary school I think I only knew maybe my fourth grade teacher was married because her husband was a firefighter and we had a lot of fires where I was from so oh okay you know what I mean it's just why are you talking about your marital life to children yeah like I get this a lot whenever I see the you know libs of tiktok tiktoks that are like i came out to my grade three students as non-binary and i taught them my pronouns and i did this and this and i talk about how i'm bisexual it's like your students don't need to know that you're bisexual you can like they don't need to know who you date they don't need to know about your sex life keep that shit to yourself anyways exactly well okay so the question is is how what does the bill actually say and then what's the actual effect of it because the fear is is that in the efforts to clamp down on some of the queer theory indoctrination or people introducing some of the like gender uh gender ideology gender woo woo stuff well okay so i mean a lot of the stuff that's been circulating on twitter is like the gender unicorn and them like trying to map out different types of pronouns and then uh, explain gender identity to children and the question is like is it the place of the school to explain what is essentially a complicated personal identity issue or is it the parents responsibility and then also does the bill restrict gays and lesbians who maybe aren't interested in talking about queer theory in their classes, but just want to be able to share the fact that they have a wife or maybe they have, you know, maybe they have a picture of their family in their desk or something like that. Is that then in violation of the bill? So um, in addition to that too, something that it does impact is notification of parents when there's something that comes up with the child regarding their sexuality, right? So if a kid comes out as like gender questioning, I, I don't know the proper term for it, but if they are, you know, talking about, hey, I might be gay or I might be trans or I might be whatever, should the teachers or school administration be required to notify the parents? No. Okay. (laughs) I'll talk about the case that it seems to be in response to. There was a case in, there's been a couple of cases in California, actually, where a student came out as transgender to teachers and then the teachers started to like help them, quote unquote, transition. They didn't tell the parents. And then specifically, the kid may not have been saying they were transgender, but just saying they were depressed. And then there was some question about whether the teachers were pushing them into transgenderism as a solution to things about them feeling uncomfortable in their body, et cetera, or feeling insecure. And then one of the students actually committed suicide. And so, Damn. yeah, so the parents of that student and uh, another student who I don't believe committed suicide, but like was the parent found out that they the school had completely transitioned the child during the school day without the parents' knowledge. They came in and they were outraged. They're like, this is materially important information that should have been shared with me. You shouldn't, the teacher shouldn't have the power to make these kinds of decisions to... So social transitioning. Make these kinds of decisions for my child. Yeah, social transitioning without informing me, right? Like that they're using different pronouns. Mm-hmm. And using alternative pronouns. Yeah. That they're, yeah, that they've changed their name. All of those things are... Uh, what parents would be con- would 
consider to be part of their rights as a parent to be informed about. So that's, I mean, that's a contentious issue. I'm not actually sure how I completely feel. Okay. I think, I think that's fair for parents to want to know about things like social transition and that sort of stuff. I think actually I've, I've seen a lot about this on Twitter about how like the idea of keeping secrets uh, from parents is actually very problematic, you know, creating that like kind of, I mean, yeah, there are some parents that are abusive and all that. And, and, you know, there needs to be a safety plan for like, here's the thing. If you feel like the child is in danger, if the parents find out that they're gay or trans, uh, you should probably call like CPS or something. Like if you think they're actually physically in danger, if it's just like going to be an uncomfortable conversation for them, maybe then yeah, the parents should probably know about it. But stuff like, oh, you know, if, if the child is like, is like gay and like has a boyfriend or whatever at school i don't think the teacher should be forced to should be like required to disclose to tell you know to snitch on the kid you know what i mean but if it's something like yeah transitioning probably (laughs) should know that yeah so this isn't like a mandatory reporting bill right all it's saying is how should you know the i the conversation of sex be held with regard it should be introduced in a developmentally appropriate way and this removes k through three that discussion first of all like nine years old and below why why are we talking about sex i i just yeah they don't need to know about sex and above that though like there are developmentally appropriate ways i mean you're talking about puberty starting in like as young as fifth grade and through middle school right and then you have sexual relations i mean you have high schoolers that are engaging in sexual activity so if it's developmentally appropriate and not socially pushing um a narrative that some would argue is you know the the queer agenda i think that's 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 something that parents need to be a part of and if a student is talking about bisexuality or being trans it's one thing but if they are legitimately saying hey call me by this name but don't tell my parents i go by this name but call me this pronoun don't tell my parents and it makes it very awkward at parent teacher conference time it's just i i feel like I mean, I'm reading the actual text. So here's the actual text so people can see what it says verbatim. So lines 82 through 96, and this is from the Miami Herald. A school district may not adopt procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about his or her student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being, or a change related to services or monitoring, or that encourage or have the effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information. School district personnel may not discourage or prohibit parental notification of and involvement in critical decisions affecting a student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. This subparagraph does not prohibit a school district from adopting procedures that permit school personnel to withhold such information from a parent if a reasonably prudent person would believe that disclosure would result in abuse, abandonment, or neglect. So essentially, they're saying that they they can't withhold it unless yeah unless they have reasonable suspicion that this is going to. result in abuse or neglect of the student endanger the child yeah so i i mean so it's not like a mandatory reporting bill it's just saying you can't discourage like you can't keep you can't like on purpose keep secrets from parents yeah exactly and again this seems reactionary to this california case where the the entire the students or the teachers actually conspired and followed students uh, private accounts to figure out which students might be gay or transgender to like try to s- privately talk to them outside of like there the, that was the one where the husband was in it and was like uh leaking to the teacher like their ser- internet search results and stuff yeah it's that one was fucking creepy though damn 
It's really fucked up. Yeah. So I, this again seems like kind of reactionary against that case as well as the Twitter account lips of TikTok, if people have been following that, <laughs> Pure which chaos. has been following a lot of teachers who have publicly uh, put on their TikTok and on their Instagram and on their Twitter, like the desire to put queer theory into their curriculum. And like, they'll say things explicitly, like I'm trying to inject queerness into my classroom, right? I'm trying to queer my classroom. No, stop that. Stop being a fucking weirdo. God. Well, well, there also, in addition to that, there was the leak of the Disney executive meeting where there was, I guess, producers or directors that were talking about queer theory and queer concepts being put in movies. And there was there was an actual person that was like, I put queerness wherever I can find it. I put representation everywhere, every chance possible, which, you know, and I mean, it's fine to have characters in Disney movies that are like same sex couples and that kind of stuff. What I'm talking about with the queer stuff is like, you know, there's all those TikToks and stuff of like creepy ass teachers being like, I wear high heels to school. So like uh, as a man, so that they know that this classroom is queer friendly or, you know, constantly talking about their sexual orientation and their pronouns and like I'm you know mentally this but I'm attracted to this and like the gender bread mm-hmm. you know the, you know the gender bread diagram like talking about that kind of stuff I'm like it's just it's just a lot it's just a bit much well it's you know? religious almost and that's yeah. kind of my my uh, argument and why I'm more or less I guess I'll take the position that I think that it seems to be fairly reasonable first of all assert that parents have a right to guide their children on topics of sexuality and sexual ethics outside of, you know, just basic biological information that you get part of any sex and health class. I think that, I think this comes down to being a sexual ethic that ultimately that, yeah, teachers don't necessarily have the right to put onto children. Especially since these teachers, these people, the people with these views also tend to be pro-porn, pro-prostitution, sex work is work, being a prostitute is empowering that kind of people. I don't want those sort people with those sorts of values educating kids. Okay. That shit's grooming. Christians had their time with this too. And the Christians were smacked back too, because there was a lot of abstinence only education or like trying to inject certain types of purity rank stuff. Yeah. They're not, you're not yeah, really supposed to be putting a lot of people feel like yeah. the ethics. Yeah. Narratives, the ethics of sexuality should be left up to individual parents. Right. And rather than like, the schools being responsible for teaching sexual ethic. The only thing the school should be teaching is the actual act itself and then biological functions. Everything around that is cultural, in which case everybody has their own culture. And so they're going to come, you know, their group is going to come with their own cultural values to interpret things outside of the science. And developmentally appropriate is, I think, the most important part of all of this, where are you talking about objective sexual acts to children? Or are you talking like when I say children, I mean, 10 years old and below prepubescent children should not be talking about the objective acts of sex. But, you know, at high school where you have 16, 17, 18 year olds and you bring up objectively the realities of sex, right, where you have what sex is, what the consequences are, what the social consequences are, what the economic consequences are, because at that point, I mean, you're talking about a reality where. You're saying, hey, if you don't have sex, you don't have babies. If you don't have babies, you don't have a child you're responsible for, right? That's the consequences of abstinence. But what I'm against is creating this funnel of, you know, hey, sex is good. Sex is bad. And once you, like you said, once you moralize sex, now you're taking on the parent, the job of the parent. It's the parent's 
to create those moral foundations. Um, so another component of this bill that I think I'd, I'd like to highlight is a very interesting one. I'd like your thoughts on it too, that the parents would have a right to opt their children out of counseling and health services. So each school district shall notify parents of each healthcare service offered at, at their student's school and the option to withhold consent or decline any specific service. So um, what do they mean by that? Like meaning if they need mental help? I mean, that's already the case, isn't it? Kind of, kind of. So I think this explicitly... Like taking your child out of therapy? That's kind of fucked up, actually. I don't know if I agree with that. School. So that's school-sponsored services, right? So you have... This provision would require schools to create an opt-out procedure for mental and physical health care services, which would include individual counseling, support groups. I'm actually personally kind of impacted... Not impacted by it, but it, it hits home. So in our school, we had like Gay-Straight Alliance, which I think now is called queer straight alliance or something like that like groups like that where it's a circle for students to support each other in their sexual identity i think those groups would be impacted i mean yeah we had a gay straight alliance too and this was like pre like queer theory taking over back then it was actual i'd be curious to see what the gay straight alliance clubs are like now with all the like blue haired like you know demisexual oh i'm demisexual like you know (laughs) all the like straight queer people you know what i mean like i'd like be curious to see how those groups are especially with you know given how like hostile there are to actual lesbians now like lesbians who are exclusively same-sex attractive they're called like turfs i'd be curious to see how what those groups are like now if they're actually as nice and inclusive as i remember them being when i was a kid but you know that's one thing well that's that's been the uh i guess the work of libs of tiktok is has been exposing not only just the teachers but a lot of Unfortunately, the kids that have been posting a lot of their more extremist gender ideology or gender beliefs online, you know, they'll they'll talk about like, you know, just basically making up pronouns or being encouraged to see themselves as transgender because they don't like traditional things of their same sex. So it's now become sort of a cultural a training ground or it's all it's become a subculture. Well, it's like a subculture in the same way like emo was with kids. Right. Because and I have to say this has been across the board from my friends and family who are teachers. They're talking about like everyone's trans now. And like they sort of roll their eyes because they're like a small percentage of these kids may or may not go on to be trans as adults. But for the vast majority of the kids, there are a lot of them are depressed. They don't fit in. They don't feel like they have, you know, meaning or purpose. And so they join this group because it helps them, you know, because one, first of all, it's they're appropriating oppression in some respects because they already feel depressed and disaffected. So then like having this thing to say, well, you're oppressed or you feel depressed because you don't fit gender stereotypes because you're trans, et cetera. So they have a bunch of kids that like might have just, you know, in our generation, like listen to emo music and like dye their hair. Yeah, in my time, it was like, my parents just don't understand. Exactly. You know, they would just be all angsty. Yeah. And just be like, you know, they, there were other ways that they would express their angst rather than being like, I am literally oppressed as an emo society is against me. And they called conformists, kid. like non, you know, like the goth kids were Gen X and they were called like conformists, et cetera, or the people that were non-goth were conformists. So my, my friends that are teachers have all said the same thing. And like, and just to be clear, this is almost exclusively like a white thing. <laughs> Like, cause my friends that work in, my friends that work in like, uh, minority schools, this shit's not happening. This is just like straight up, like, uh, bored white suburban kids. This is why, again, why it seems like a cultural fad. I, I think I would say 
it, it's not just it's a white culture thing because I, I also don't think this is happening in like the sticks of Mississippi. I mean, it might be like one or two, but it's very much so like a suburban True. life is so good, but I'm still not at the top. It's but very like somewhere class, in the yeah. like it's it's cultural. It's very cultural, like middle child syndrome, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that's a good way to describe culturally it. Culturally, yeah. middle child syndrome. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Yeah, it's like we're clearly not rich, but like there's nothing wrong with my life that like is kind of detrimental or attention grabbing. So I'm going to create problems. And it's not it's not that there's not que- like queer students or gay students in minority schools, but it's not like a whole subculture that makes them feel that like they're basing their entire identity around it. Right. Like the identity portion of it seems to be specifically white, bored, white middle class kids. And it's the same demographic that was in emo like in our generation too it's not and so what's worrisome about it is that this is a little bit different because instead of just telling them to like whatever get a eyebrow piercing and some rage belts they're telling like dye your hair black or whatever dye your hair black some of these kids are looking to medically transition and since the since the science around medical transition is up in the air, no matter what anybody else says, it's not conclusive based on everything available. It's a little bit concerning to see that some children might be being pressured into making gender transition choices that may or may not be reversible. Yeah, like, you know what you know what kids in my day used to get that was like irreversible was getting like their ears stretched like their ears. Yeah, gauging, gauging, right? Like, yeah, go get some double zeros like a real. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So like in my day, you know, the the irreversible bodily modifications that the kids would make or they'd get like an illegal tattoo or yeah, like a septum piercing or an eyebrow piercing or something like that. Now there's kids that are getting their fucking dick and balls cut off or they're getting their like mastectomies and uh le- the double mastectomies it's actually sad it's actually really tragic for a lot of these people yeah like right and it's like permanently affecting their fertility and just overall quality of life and puberty blockers etc so or giving them osteoporosis with the puberty blockers and stuff like that it's actually messed up so i feel like people are seeing all of this and then like the conservatives are there i mean this is almost like a slam dunk easy thing for them to position themselves culturally against right because you're like yes i'm against child transition i'm against them hiding material information about their child's sexuality from their parents i'm against them hiding anything that might be affecting their physical mental emotional health from their parents and i'm also against uh, adults talking to small kids about their sex and sexuality and gender identity and gender ideologies when they're too young to understand or because it's a cultural so one one concern actually sorry bring it back to the part about how the parents could seems like a slam dunk though right like that seems like fairly reasonable positions yeah it does seem like a pretty yeah. <laughs> slam dunk, like a fairly reasonable that's the thing like i'm i'm pissed off that this is being framed as like the conservative position because this just seems like common sense but i want to talk about the therapy thing because that is making my spidey senses tingle a little bit like my parents for example my parents were very toxic and one thing that was really important for me in my teen years was having access to school counselors right and the school counselors at my school were very important to me like recovering from their fucked up situation and you know becoming a well-adjusted adult i I, i'm concerned that there's going to be like actual like abusive parents that are going to take advantage of this law and pull their kids out of just normal therapy like 
unrelated to sex, sexuality, anything like that, and just like pull their kids out of therapy just to isolate and abuse them. And, you know, that's such a sad and, you know, it is problematic. And I hate that the Overton shift, Overton window has shifted so far to the left where you're literally like, can I please talk about my trans non-binary, you know, problem set and call any girl that's going through a tomboy phase a trans person? Like, that shouldn't be the left versus right issue at hand, right? So I think this is just a consequence of how radicalized our problems have become. Or polarized. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, yeah, we're, it's just a consequence of just the the most radical concepts are all that's up for debate. And really, it's just like, hey, keep your, your dick and tits and chromosomes out of my child. Like, we took cursive out of the curriculum. Like, no one, right, Ro, like, if I'm not mistaken, it's across the country, writ large, kids aren't learning cursive because that's too complex. But somehow they can entertain LGBTQIA, the alphabet theory? No, thank you. I, I'm vehemently opposed to that. I feel like, again, when they're really young, they, they're still figuring themselves out. So, like, I think the only thing that would be concerning is, like, let's say that you do have a child that's trans. And, like, so can the teachers not talk about it? Or, like, how is that allowed to be talked about in the classroom? Once again, it's not as if, like, they're prepubescent, but now there's a big push to trans children who are prepubescent before they go through puberty because they're arguing that puberty is like well they did say like developmentally appropriate right i have a solution actually i think that the a better solution rather instead of this law would be to pay teachers better because i feel like the reason why you have these these insane activist teachers is because of how poorly teachers are paid the only type of people who would be drawn to a job that pays you yeah the only type of person who would be drawn Dory to the dog a job that requires an education but pays you thirty thousand dollars a year is someone who has an agenda okay so if you want more normal well-adjusted teachers mm-hmm. then you have to pay them normal well-adjusted people wages, wages. <laughs> gosh (laughs) privatize the workforce no (laughs) no i actually do support that i think that's one of my like leftist views i don't have leftist views i have leftist like sympathies i don't even see that as leftist that's just like basic law that's just just as this is the conservative position (laughs) that i consider common sense paying your teachers a living wage shouldn't even be a left right thing that should just be a common sense thing that's what i was like if you're conservative wouldn't you want the people educating your children to be not a fucking idiot right like or not or not a yeah exactly yeah where they leave for the private sector exactly you'd want like a you'd want someone who is just a normal person and not like a person with an agenda right these are the sort of people where like oh i don't do it for the money i do it for the you know whatever you know emotional maybe you should do it for the money yeah like again like (laughs) me as a salesperson i don't understand people who are not motivated by money like i don't get it the only mentality that i know is being motivated by money and so when people are like oh i don't do this for the money oh i do this for the because it makes me happy or whatever or because it like gives me you know for again i can't even come up with the words to describe what they're thinking because i don't understand it so the fact that we have to legislate this is very problematic to me and indicative of like social decay and you're right. I think that has something to do with the fact that like the okay, my thing they're is they're paid pennies. They're they're paid almost nothing. I mean, you have school administrators that are very, very highly overpaid. So you have like school administrators that are on average making, you know, upwards of like eighty nine. They're also mostly male, so that's also the th- part of it. So this is another place where I think yeah. yeah. So compared compared to women, like this is another place where the workforce and the just distribution of the workforce is very gendered and you can also see that in the pay discrepancy. 
That's really interesting because where I grew up, men and women were evenly distributed, but I, 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 can, I can see that. But yeah, I think the only weird part is that this has to be a legislation in the first place. Yeah, it, it should just be common sense to not talk about sex with your under grade, your grade threes and under, right? The whole idea of like a, a trans child is like insane to me. It's been said. It sounds like child abuse. It sounds like child <laughs> abuse. It sounds like Munchausen's by proxy, right? Like kids that age, like just let them, <laughs> like if he's a boy and he wants to wear it, just let him play in the dress. If it's a girl, she wants to play with like little Tonka trucks or whatever. Just let her play with the Tonka trucks. You don't have to put them on puberty blockers. Imagine your tomboy phase and that one obsession with Barbie dolls gets you transitioned. And now suddenly you're like a chick with like a high testosterone count. Only because like <laughs> you like to... Or no, or, or just like a dude with tits. Like because your parents were like, oh, you Congrats. like to play, play with Barbies? Oh, I'm going to immediately put you on estrogen. I was a tomboy right up until the age of 14, right? If I'd been born five years later, I probably would have been transitioned. Okay. So... Holy crap. So super school superintendents are 87% male. Principals are like 50-50. Those other ones, like some of the lower level, quote, administrator jobs are 50-50 male and female, but like the actual school board, 87. And that's a national 80 statistic? 80 plus percent male. Yep. Yikes. Okay. So yeah, I mean, the discrepancy is worth noting. This is just a very interesting time uh, where a lot of social issues are swinging from the moral right and I think the pendulum at one point hung out in the middle for a second and now swinging to what I would call like the moral left, right? Where you're imposing social ethical values that are distinctly moral, moralistic, but coming from a very predominantly left perspective. And I don't think, yeah, moralizing belongs in grade schools. And that scares me as an ex, well, I hate to use the word like ex-Christian. It feels like so definitive. Like, but it's scary. Were you fundamental? Like, was your family? Yeah, fundamental? they're fundamentalist, evangelical, all of that. Yeah. So I'm, I don't, I mean, I don't, I'll say a non-practicing Christian. I don't know how I believe at this point. I just like refuse to unpack my beliefs because <laughs> I don't want to spend that much time on it. But like as a non-practicing former Christian, I guess, uh, I, it really, really concerns me seeing yeah, the pendulum swing all the way left because yes, you're seeing like the exact same tactics that were used by the right within my lifetime now being adopted by the left and then use them making it seem like it's a moral position to take and that they're justified in using some of these same underhanded tactics that that the right used to use. For example, I remember like when prayer in school was like a huge culture war and culture war touch point issue where it was like they should be allowed to pray in school they shouldn't be allowed to pray in school the school can't stop you from praying etc and under there's like god, under god yeah and like the role of was it, teaching evolution a, a controversy was that a thing for you too that was at one point they they tried it they tried it that one didn't really couch and then to like expand the discussion out i think we were taught we had started talking about disney there was a time when the right was really weaponizing corporations things like hobby lobby uh, Chick-fil-A against certain types of cultural issues. And now you're seeing the left try to do that with Disney. And I'm I'm very upset with the concept of using corporations to override democracy. Because I'm like, everybody gets yes. one vote. Everybody gets one vote. You don't say like, I have one vote. There's vo- something coercive about it. It is, isn't it? It's coercive, yeah. I'm not saying that Disney can't take a, posi- like, take a position, but the fact that they were literally and explicitly told to come out with a statement against the, the specific law and then weaponize their power because they're an economic powerhouse in Florida to try to get this law repealed. Like, it feels really, really 
like an obstruction of democracy. Mm-hmm. I honestly have something very deeply personal about entities that can't vote speaking on political issues. I think that should be one of the things where if you're getting tax credits and tax incentives for not being a person for being a business, because they get shielded from the tax liabilities that an average person would have, right? You don't get a say in politics. That That's kind of a weird stance that I have where religious organizations, 501c3s, and corporations. If you don't pay taxes or you pay, if you get tax credits. Yeah. Like if you get tax incentives. You don't get to have a political opinion. You're a business. Yeah. (laughs) If you get tax incentives. I mean, I'm not saying that too. Votes, right? Like a corporation can't vote. So what are you doing in politics? Advancing their own interests, maximizing their interests. And I talk about this Hobby Lobby weaponized their company against birth control. And then Chick-fil-A weaponized their company against the the gay marriage laws. Yeah. So this is a this is a time when it was done by the right. And it's like it's It's wrong then and it's wrong now. Not even that long ago, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, it's wrong then. It's wrong now. It's come. I like that. Look at it. So that's what I mean by this is interestingly not partisan, but it's cultural where you're seeing people that are coming out and it's not even, you know, does queerness belong in the, it's not just does queerness belong in the classroom. It's does moralizing belong in the classroom. It was weird when the Christians did it and now it's queer. It's <laughs> queer. It's weird when the, <laughs> the yeah. left is doing it. And I'm not even saying that as a conservative. I'm, I'm saying that just as an American that, you know, wants to be a parent in the public school system. Yeah. And it's scary because, again, as a person who grew up at, you know, during the rise of the cultural Christian right and who has a lot of uh, battle scars from some of their institutions, I'm afraid that if the left just goes, you know, pushes the pendulum too far left that the backlash in the right will be severe because the Christian right was a response to the excesses of the 60s and 70s, right? So, and then a lot of that had to do with, again, some of the extreme, some of the extremist things that were happening, like actual leftist terrorists, et cetera, um, in addition to some of the questionable sexual morality uh, that went on. A lot of women have come out and talked about like the sexual abuse, the trafficking, the drugs, there's a lot of people that actually converted to Christianity. He used to be heavy into the leftist culture who were called Jesus freaks that basically they were, they were, they were Christians who converted from like extreme leftist <laughs> ideology and they kind of helped to push, they, you know, they're not as like prominent as like the Christian, right. But like just having a lot of these independents who were Christians and uh, swinging more towards the conservative side helped to just keep Christian conservatives having a chokehold on politics for a very long time. So I'm a little bit concerned that like the reactionary politics that you're seeing bubbling up in response to some of the the interjection of cultural values that other people don't agree with into children, because people are very protective of their children, rightfully so, right? Like I think people would roll their eyes at a company that was doing it, but if you're talking about doing it at their public school, that's when people get angry, right? So you're seeing that happen what you know where's the limit with the cultural left and then what's the what's the backlash going to be because like you're seeing it happen and it's a little bit scary because i'm like oh i don't want i don't want to be we're already talking about like uh how they're you know pushing forth all these like anti-abortion laws but then a lot of bills are going to be on the ballot come midterms that are going to be concerning queer theory and then secondarily like critical race theory and then it might be draconian the response might be draconian so which which leads us to I mean, uh, what's what? What are we looking at here, right? I think what conversations what like the fuck is going on? What the fuck? <laughs> in all seriousness, like 
our economy. Yeah, we're confused. Russian bots. It's Russian bots. <laughs> it's, it's, it is the Russian bots. I mean, the Russian bots won. So who, look, here we are. We're, oh my God. There's this clip I want to find and put it in here where this lady was talking about, we need to teach children about masturbation. It's really important that we talk to kids about masturbation. Like there's no age that's too young to discuss masturbation. And when you- Yes, there is. God. Oh my God. Okay. I know. Yeah. And and God is my witness. And so what this is doing is like misinformation has made reality and the information environment so fungible that they've now morphed it back to, you know, these insane extremist thoughts where you're, where we're actually having a discussion, a real adult sane discussion about whether or not we should talk to children about masturbation. It's like, no, we, we should not. Like if they're doing something and it's like in context, okay, but no, we should not be encouraging child sexual behavior. That is what we call grooming. They are normalizing grooming behavior in some, like, that dialogue is starting to increase. So my thing is, how do we have a normal discussion around things and not at divulgent, like turn into, hey, like child masturbation is a good thing. And, you know, how do we reframe the conversation? So the left has taken the position that kids are learning about this somewhere anyways. And so they always think that, I think they're knee-jerk reaction is that more education is better than less education. Whereas I've come to see the right as saying that like, it's not a given that kids are going to learn about this somewhere and that you might be introducing it to them at ages that are too young to be appropriate and therefore being, and therefore it's harmful for them or you're influencing them in ways that we don't necessarily approve of. And that is a difficult conversation because we've been on, I think we've been on both sides of that because we've talked about like them putting BDSM and like teen magazines and that feeling like very much like okay i don't think fifth like 13 14 15 year olds learning uh, about anal sex yeah should be in any way shape or form learning about anal sex getting choked during sex choked during sex bdsm i feel like in that case it's very clear that they're introducing an adult topic to children but then team go claps back like kids are learning about this from porn on the internet somebody has to be able to talk you know talking to them about it yeah it's called their parents it's their parents. I would support porn critical sex education, like similar to what Gail Dines does with Culture Reframed. So, yeah, I think I do think that kids need some kind of sexual education, but it needs to be like, like instead of being like, oh, well, kids are learning this from porn. We should just teach it to them before they learn it from porn. Yeah, introduce. You know what I mean? Like that, we should teach them all yeah, the porn shit exactly. before they learn it from porn. You know what I mean? Like that's what's fucked up. They should teach. Porn critical. They're like, we just want to teach them how to have safe, uh, how to be choked out safely and have anal sex at 14 safely. And it's like, um, I think. No. I think. This, yeah. Teach like, I think more importantly, you need to teach girls like that. Say no. <laughs> yeah. It's not OK. Yeah. That their pleasure and their boundaries matter, you know, so like that, like relationships should make you happy. They shouldn't be toxic. You know, that, that sort of stuff. We didn't learn about that sort of stuff when I was doing sex ed. Or also bringing the parents into the conversation. I don't understand why this is a teacher on student, like a solely teacher on student silo. This should be like a community conversation where we're bringing the parents into it and just saying, hey, look, this is what's going on with your students. We're seeing rampant uptick in, you know, porn coming across our networks because you can see what's coming across the Wi-Fi networks or you can have like jammers in the school or whatever. But bring the parents into it and just say, hey, this is what we plan to do. What do you think? And have a parental, like, 
the parents be a part of parenting their children. The teachers are not there to make, you know, upstanding citizens. They're there to have intellectually informed citizens. In the U.S., our students, our literacy rate isn't even top 30 in the world. Yeah. Stem, no, kidding. <laughs> not even top 50. And we want to talk about like sex, trans and BDSM and like transitioning pronouns, like and like critical race theory. And it's just like, why don't we start with like teaching our kids how to read? I feel like, well, it could go back to the fact that it takes advanced level courses to teach that kind of stuff. And if teachers aren't getting paid to read or sex. No, no, like mathematics oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, like advanced level, well, advanced level literature, right? Versus like elementary allocation. Oh, no, we're not, we're not even there yet. We're talking about like K through five, K through five. They're not reading at grade level. And and yeah, so it is, it's really tough because our education system is so decentralized compared to other places too. I, I was like marveling like how uh, they do education in the UK. And I was like, oh no, what you learn in the United States could be completely different depending on what state you grew up in, what county you grew up in, you could learn. Yeah, you don't have like A-levels. And then surprise, we all take SATs or ACTs if you'd like. Like you don't even have to do that. <laughs> so yeah, it's very, I'm all for, like when I was younger, you know, I I didn't, no, no child is going to want like their parents micromanaging them, but parents are trying to raise their children for the most part, right? Are there bad parents out there? Sure. But for the most part, parents care. Parents don't want their children exposed to things intentionally. And they, they have a lifestyle, they have a paradigm they're trying to raise their kids under. And for students and for teachers to, in, you know, the school system to undermine that, I think that's, that's criminal. And it, that goes both ways. I don't want religion being taught in schools. If I'm raising my kid agnostic, I don't want them learning about the Bible or Jesus if they're not going to a private school. So why are they learning about adult concepts? Can I wrap this up? I have a funny anecdote about uh, all the like fundy kids uh, that we went to school. Fundamental kids. Okay. (laughs) Fundies. Yeah. They got a fun nickname. So I went to school in an area where there was like one like Christian school and like three normal schools. And sometimes we'd like compete against each other for sports and stuff and it was just sort of a thing that all the fundy we called them the fundy kids because they were like insane (laughs) um (laughs) i'm sorry but like i mean i I mean i I don't have any comment because it's it's like a little bit roche is making i'm not making fun of you personally it is a little bit insane the things i learned as part of evangelical christianity in hindsight some of them were fully insane and part of i mean i ended up i ended up being an fdser all right like it gave me some issues okay like (laughs) now you're here look at us we're all here now so what does this say about our upbringing so like there was this thing where apparently like you couldn't teach uh, creationism or like, okay, so you had to learn evolution in school. Like that's part of like the school curriculum, like provincially in like elementary school, like classrooms. And so there was this whole thing with like the fundy school, not wanting to teach kids uh, evolution and wanting to teach creationism instead. And it was like a whole thing where like, why is it in the normal schools? They don't allow you to teach creationism but like you know at our school you know we aren't allowed to teach creationism why do we have to teach evolution why is it part of the curriculum and yada 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 and so yeah we all just made jokes about yeah basically like the fundy kids were the butt of every joke (laughs) i'm not even kidding like they were like the they were the one weird school we joked about how they didn't get the complete education basically and so i feel bad kids are mean okay like kids are like mean as fuck to each other it's not even their you guys are the nicest bullies ever. Ha ha ha. You guys are undereducated. Like that's some like primo stereotypical Canadian bully. Very, 
<laughs> nice Canadian boy. Uh, my friends don't love you. You're <laughs> Where I got called like an African booty scratcher. Like you won't go, you won't be able to get into one of our very fine public education institutions. Ha ha. Like, right. what are they you guys don't even yeah. meet provincial standards. Like, like I got called an African booty scratcher. Okay. 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 Like, yeah, no, that wouldn't fly in our schools. That's what was going on in public school. <laughs> that shit would like make the papers and yeah. like that was just somebody said <laughs> There was like a, a like the papers. There was, there was a story of like a girl calling another girl the N word or something, and it made it to like the local newspaper, right? Like that was just like that's just not something that happened. Oh man! Like okay, <laughs> Canada's a giant farm yeah, town. I, mean, I swear. <laughs> Except for Toronto, Toronto. I mean, I, could, I did grow up in a pretty like actually pretty good neighborhood. So I mean, it's like you know, it, it is what it is. But um, yeah, so we've. <laughs> What I'm saying though is like all these gender woo woo kids that are learning from their teachers about like pronouns and like the gender bred nonsense and you know oh you know but my gender identity difference is different from my sex they're kind of like the fundy kids like they're the new fundy kids like they're the ones ones that are the butt of every joke they're gonna be they're gonna grow up and they're gonna be angry and resentful because life's not gonna reflect the ideology they were taught exactly so I feel bad for them. People aren't going to, <laughs> yeah, it, that's what it, that's, that's what it comes down to. And I feel like this law is probably some reasonable protections against quote unquote indoctrination against these, again, very contentious, not completely scientifically sound ideologies that mostly are coming out of the humanities. I guess the difference between, once again, an ideology versus like scientific fact is like, if you can recreate and prove these kinds of things and this isn't a realm where they're keeping actual science out of the schools, like in the case of evolution. They're trying to prevent them from being introduced to ideas that are as of yet unproven and are based on various kinds of belief systems and ethics ideas that have come out of humanities professions, which I think is quite different than saying, even if you were to talk about like, bio, you know, transgenderism or something like that, and you were to talk about it in the context of biology, you would have to keep it grounded in some kind of science, but that's not what they're doing. They're not keeping it grounded in science. So It's narrative setting. And that's not to say anything. This isn't either like, I'm not blaming the community either. Like this isn't a trans problem or a gay problem because there's a lot of gay parents and trans adults that are like, hey, I, I don't want to teach kids this. So this isn't really like about the members of those specific communities. It's about the education system and the conversations that are being had with children and should this be taught to students, right? So really wanted to draw that line before labels get thrown around. (laughs) Yeah. I'm all for like representation and thinking representation matters maybe in the wider culture but i think specifically with schools it's stick to the facts like that's just don't yeah this is about children it's about kids so that being said that that's the subject and uh, we'll post some relevant links below thanks for listening queens yeah (laughs) wrong show oh wait this isn't (laughs) it feel very offended (laughs) nope i mean they can still be queens team female team female all right. So thanks for listening, Team Female. Check us out on Twitter at Female Political and our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Female Political Strategy. And check us out on Facebook. You can check out our Facebook link in the show notes below. Until next week. Bye. See ya. All right. Bye. Cool. Bye.